What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Boy ain't right. Make sure you download the SeatGeek app. Your first purchase, you get $20 off if you use my promo code AntWright. So make sure y'all download that app, SeatGeek, S-E-A-T-G-E-E-K. Use it on any concert, any venues, any games, sporting, anything like that. Uh, put in my promo code AntWright, A-N-T-W-R-I-G-H-T. You get $20 off your first purchase. So anything to help y'all out. Man, we are now on episode 18. Thank you guys so much for following me all this time. As you guys know, I'm on Twitter at It's Ant Right. You can hit me up there. I have high engagement. So if you ask me something or say something, there's a pretty high chance that um, I will respond to you. Whether it's a question, whether you're trolling, I don't really care. Just as long as you guys want to talk to me, I want to talk to you. So it's all good. Um, moving on. So Michigan Iowa was uh, pretty interesting, and uh, I I always record on Wednesdays. I record on Wednesdays, and I like that because you know games are on Saturdays, and I get a legit like three to four solid days to just decompress, um, especially when it comes to football. Because you know, as you guys know, and as I always say, football is not like my forte, uh, but I am. But I am learning, and I am reading every single day. Um, when it comes to hoops, it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, I may have some more uh, rapid reactions for you guys. But when it comes to football, I really have to decompress. And I do have to go out there and read a few things. Uh, I do take into consideration what people are saying. Because I like to form my own opinion. But at the same time, I w- different people can open up your minds to uh, to just learn and Look at things from a different perspective. So I do really appreciate you guys. Whether I tweet something out that you do or don't agree with, uh, you let me know. And um, the ones that don't agree, I I take your comments to heart. And uh, I really try to look at it from your perspective. Sometimes I acknowledge it. Sometimes, you know, it's like, what is this dude talking about? Um, Iowa-Michigan was an interesting game. And I say that because... Um, it was a tease. It was a tease. It was uh, ten to three early on, and then no, no neither team scored from there on out. And um, I don't know. It was it was such a strange game. You see, in the first in the first several minutes, you see Michigan put up ten points. At that point, man, I'm thinking, I'm like, man, these dudes are about to blow these dudes out like fifty to seven or fifty to ten or something. And that didn't happen. There were zero points scored in the last, like, 53, 54 minutes of the game. And um, it's super strange. Super, super strange. I think if Michigan scores one more time, uh, whether, it's, whether it's a field goal or whether it's a touchdown, I, I don't think it would have mattered. Um, the game would have ended based on how the defense was playing. They Man, they played such a tremendous game overall. Um, but, you know, Offensively, you know, they went vertical deep once and hit Nico Collins for like what a 50, 51 yard pass and then didn't come back to it. Um, not completely sure why. And 
And that sucks. It sucks because we do have juggernaut receivers, um, which I'm, you know, I'm led to believe we do. Um, and that leads me to wondering, you know, why they aren't getting more touches. Is it, you know, how they're approaching practice? Is it, um, you know, they're just getting outworked? They're not getting open? Is the O-line not giving Shea enough time or any of the quarterbacks enough time? You know, that's something that, you know, we have to consider before we start casting blame on different people. Even though, you know, I've been very outspoken about Josh Scam Artist, which I will continue to do so until there is a, a huge change um, in terms of how we see the offense trying to operate. Whether the, whether the offense, whether the offense, whether the offense um, does well or not, uh, I would at least like to see some type of plan. Like, like I, okay, like I can at least see what they're trying to do, and I can see where the game's going, and I can see certain adjustments being made, which I get. Um, I just, I just don't see it honestly, and uh, and that sucks because we have a super talented core. We have a we have a talented group. We have you know you guys may hate it, but I mean we we have a talented quarterback. You know he was one of the top QBs or the top QB in his recruiting class for a reason. He didn't just get to, you know, Michigan and just forget how to, you know, do what he does best. Um, and, you know, it probably probably going to fall back more on development and making sure that the whole line is just scheming properly and has the right chemistry. So never went back to it. You know, I'm going to, you know, People should really, you know, stop. Well, I can't really tell people to stop doing something because when people are set in their ways, they they kind of do what they do. But um, I don't think Shea is giving a very is not given a very fair chance right now because the offensive line. Uh, I don't think they are. I don't think they're doing what they're taught to do at the highest of levels, if that makes sense to you. If not, just shoot me a comment and I'll try to explain that later. But when you have a guy like, um, you know, Urban Meyer, I mean, if you take away, which, you know, it's really hard for us to do, but if you take away the Ohio State component, um, the dude in the, the dude in the, as like an analyst is, no, he is second to none. He is really, really special. And um, you know, he had comments on the offensive line and how you know they're you know they're they're you know too clunky. They're not exploding out of their blocks. They're just doing a you know they're not going to that next level. And then he said that, and everything just starts to make sense to me of why the offense is struggling. Like it starts. You know, with the line, you know, they have to be able to win the trenches, you know, consistently, and that's why I believe Shea has been so inconsistent. It's because the offensive line has been so inconsistent. When they do block and they give Shea a lot of time, I think Shea's caught a bit off guard because it's, you know, every single time he snaps the ball, he really doesn't know what what the old line is going to be able to do, and and that and that kind of sucks on his part. Um, I think that if you're a quarterback and you know your offensive line is going to do whatever it takes and is going to go, you know, 110% every single time and be able to make their blocks and the running back is picking up blocks and the tight end is blocking his guy. If you have that mindset every single time and then being sacked 
or being rushed to make a play is a shock to you, those are the guys who I believe who are being able to, you know, you know, take their game and take their offense to the next level. Shea doesn't have that type of security blanket. I feel like whenever he snaps it, he just assumes that he's going to have to make a make a play on the run or he's just going to have to or he's just going to have to, you know, move a certain way because one guy keeps getting beat, which sucks, which sucks for him, but I think he's trying to make adjustments in game and you only have a split second, a fraction of like you really only have a split second of time to make that decision of where to go, let alone looking downfield and seeing who's open. Um so that kind of sucks. And then and then like it was either, you know, a couple days ago or yesterday where um or was it today where, you know, Jim Harbaugh came out and said that, you know, Ronnie Brewer is um wide receiver one. And you know, from his standpoint, probably. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably wide receiver one from Harbaugh's standpoint. From my standpoint, from my standpoint, it's, you know, you have three juggernaut dudes, Collins, Black, and DPJ. And I've always said, you know, you you are who you take out of the garage and drive. If you got a Lambo, a Bugatti, and a Ferrari at the crib and you never take it out, do you really have that car? Is that really your favorite car? Same exact deal, man. And, you know, I'm not, you know, knocking Brewer, but, you know, that's going to be such an easy way to negative recruit. All you got to do is just tell them, look, you know, look what's going on at Michigan. You know, you have, you know, Targ Black and DPJ and Colin, some of the the top-ranked receivers coming out, and Michigan family was super pumped and super excited. And now they're at Michigan, they're getting reps, but they're not really getting touches, you know? And uh, and Ronnie Brewer's done a great job, but, I mean, speed and space, you're only going vertical once. I mean, it all it all comes down to their chemistry. Their chemistry from the offensive line. I mean, the only really consistent part of the offense, um, I don't even know, actually, actually. You know, I mean, the one consistent part is probably going to be, um, you know, Charbonnet picking up the pass blocking, I guess. Uh, And that sucks. And that sucks because every snap should not be an adventure for your quarterback. That's what it seems like. Defense played awesome. The young players, Dax Hill and Cam McGrone, holy moly. Man, they had some of the most clutch plays in the second half it was awesome McGrone started off a little bit a little bit slow he 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 had some uh he had some miscues but um but when the game was on the line and when the guys needed him to come out and really uh and really show what he can do um he did an, an, an amazing job and Dax Hill was a top 15 recruit last year um the highest ranked safety you know he's in the games in the clutch moments like you're playing your talent, Cam McGrone, 118th in the country. He's the seventh ranked outside linebacker. He's been, he's been amazing, and um, I just hope that that continues. That those guys continue to get snaps. Whether you know, I don't care who's 
healthy or injured, you know, they should be able to play no matter what. Uh, Dwumfor's presence and impact was huge, just getting pressure in the backfield. And Michigan's had an issue with that this year for some reason. Well, we know why. You know, Winovich isn't there. Gary isn't there. Um, Bush isn't there to just, you know, cause havoc. And um, we've been, we have been missing, we have been missing the defensive line to really get into the backfield. And they, you know, they were going at Stanley the whole game. I had, I didn't look, but I do know that we had like seven, eight or seven, eight or nine sacks, some, something crazy. And I'm sure he was rushed. And one of those, he had to switch his hand. No, it didn't even count as a sack, but he was like down and balls on his right. And he's almost on the ground and he had to switch to his left just to throw it and still like got back to the line of scrimmage and that's the ball game. Uh Dwumfor's presence was huge, man, and we really missed that when he was out. Uh Don Brown had amazing adjustments. You know, him going zone and still being able to bring that pressure was huge. And uh I believe you know, and Don Brown, I feel he won that game. He won that game and uh the only you know one thing that I had an issue with with Don Brown and everybody pretty much did as well too was you know third and twenty two and we have you know Lavert Hill playing bump and run and lining up on the like right on the line of scrimmage um, in third and twenty two and of course he gets beat um, outside of that and I was like in like the first half I think outside of that I mean it was a great game it was such a a great game. I think Stanley came into the game with like eight TDs, zero interceptions. I think in the game he ended up with like two or three interceptions and and no touchdowns. He's he's been having like a really solid year, and uh, the way that Michigan's defense put it on him was really impressive. Um, so we have Illinois coming up. Uh, then we have Penn State and Notre Dame. Penn State is number ten right now, and they go to Iowa this week. Uh, I think Penn State's like a negative is uh, I think they're like a three and a half point favorite. I think Iowa wins that game. Uh, why? Because you know the the uh, the football guys would not allow Michigan to play a Penn State team that's uh, going to be not going to be you know, you know. I just don't think Penn State is going to be a top ten team once Michigan goes into Happy Valley which I do believe that Michigan has a legit shot of winning that game. Um, the offense has to just have a pulse. Um, now that the defense looks like, it looks like that, that they've gotten a few things under wraps, which is huge. Um, then they play Notre Dame. Notre Dame's number nine. They have USC this weekend, which they're favored by like 10 or 11, and it's in South Bend. So if they win that game, they have a bye week, so they're going to be a top ten team if if they if they win this weekend, they're going to be a top ten team in Ann Arbor in two weeks. Notre Dame will be coming off of a bye. Michigan will be coming off of a night game in Happy Valley. Um, that's going to be interesting. Then I just hope that over the next, you know, I just hope on Saturday they have a pulse offensively and um, they. They continue to find their chemistry that they keep talking about to the media. Uh, they have to get there. They have no. They have no choice whatsoever. Um, yeah. So I'm about to get into the mailbag. As you know, 
per usual, you guys ask some amazing questions. Um, and I'm going to see what y'all said today. Let's see here. Matt Zamozik, <laughs> Invader underscore Zim. I think you're like the first person every single time, man. Um, what career would you have pursued if your current occupation was never an option? Great question. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, I have a finance practice, and um, and I love it because it's you know it's in my bio, you know, and I got that from Pursuit of Happiness, where you know they say you know you just have to be good with good with numbers and good with people. And that is me to a T. I love numbers and I love people. I love engaging with them. I love helping them in any way I can. Um, but I, you know, probably, you know, I looked, I mean, I looked at teaching for a short while. Teaching would have been a lot, a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, you get long summers, you get decent breaks. When, when there's a snow day, you get a snow day too. Um, but yeah, teaching, uh, Teaching is, teaching and just teachers in general are underappreciated, underpaid, and what they do for our kids is amazing. Um, and shame on you if you're out here giving these teachers hell. Like shame on you. Like they have to deal with your snot-nosed kid if they're in there giving them crap, and then the first thing that you want to do is blame the teacher for something when they're just trying to do their job. They have 20 to 30 kids at all times. And if if something happens where they can't do their job and they have to and they have to, you know, tend to one child or two children, you know, you have to just take us take a step back and understand that your kid is not perfect. Um, so please, you know, don't be one of these people who blame everyone else except your precious little angel snot nosed child. Um be nice. Be nice. They're a person just like you. Be nice. Ask what happened. Don't deflect. Don't blame. Yes, your job is to always fight for your kid and fight for your child, but it's also your job to keep your child in check, um, to make sure that um, you know things are being done as efficiently as possible. Good question, man. Rick Moody, Moudini31, uh, top three video games of all time. What you rocking with these days? Top three video games of all time. Ooh, that's a good question. I really like Fortnite. I enjoy it. I enjoy how creative you can be within it while going against other people. Like I'm a competitive person. I also like the social aspect of it as well, too. Um, it's pretty cool. It's a it's just a very unique, you know, game, and I really enjoy it. Um, what else is out there? I'm I'm a sucker for Mario Kart. Mario Kart, I think, is probably the best game that's been ever made. That's for Nintendo 64, not this new Nintendo Switch stuff. Nintendo 64 Mario Kart was, you know, was an elite game. It still is an elite game. I also like the new the Nintendo 64 Super Smash Brothers. That was a lot of fun. I was always Blue Kirby, and uh, he was he was he was an he was an OP character. OP meaning overpowered, because um, he got to fly and he got to smack. It was you know I love Kirby. He was awesome. Uh, Brandon Gills, 
I can never get get this right, Brandon. So when you hear this, can you please comment how to pronounce your last name? Is it Giles or Giles or just help me out here? Which conspiracy theory do you think has the most has the most truth behind it? You probably asked me this because I mentioned the uh, moon landing stuff. <laughs> um, with the moon landing stuff, uh, that's pretty interesting to me. I'm not going to say that that's a conspiracy theory that has the most truth behind it. But I'm probably going to say that there's aliens. And a lot of people don't think so. Some people do. Aliens 100%. I have an aliens story. Which sounds, which sounds crazy. Um, I do have an alien story, and uh, you know, it happened. I was like thirteen or fourteen years old. It wasn't an alien, but it was a UFO for sure. You know, it was like it was lightning, really, really bad. The sky was like reddish orange. It was like nine or ten o'clock at night, and I'm just looking out the the uh, the window, and I see this light that's super far away. That's just going straight in the air and then does these zigzags going down, goes straight in the air and does these zigzags going, it does this on repeat for like a good like 10 minutes. One of the times as it goes all the way up, it starts to like come towards like my neighborhood, but it's like super high, it's super, super high. And you, but you can see like stop and then come towards my neighborhood and it's just like hovering and then it just stops um, that I don't see it anymore. And then I, I thought that that was super, super weird. And then, um, about 20 minutes later, it shows up again, but now it's like a little bit lower and it starts doing the same thing. And then now it just starts to like hover closer towards, uh, like, like where my houses were. And then it stopped and then all of a sudden the light um it stops and then it goes to the left on a even plane and it goes behind the house um like towards like the like not the roof but it goes it's it's, it's still about shoot about 200 yards away and it goes like behind behind the house that's in front of mine and completely disappears so that's my UFO story. So I do think that uh, there are aliens, and uh, I do think that there are UFOs out here driven by aliens, or there are drones, or like alien drones, something, for sure, for sure. Oh, man. JTOG, at JTOGX, best player on NCAA Basketball 10 uh, for Xbox 360 and PS3. Me, don't pass when I have the ball. Just shoot the ball. Make sure I get all the points. Kyle Walney, Kyle, Kai, no, K underscore Wall Nation 3. Who's the best pro prospect on this Michigan basketball team? Xavier and Teske are good college players, but I'm not sure who on the team has the best pro potential. Is it France? Uh, yes, it is France. Uh, Franz Wagner is probably the highest, um, is probably the best pro, pro prospect on this team. Next, the next tier is probably going to be Isaiah Livers, um, Probably gonna be Livers, uh, Castleton, and Brandon Johns. Um, you guys think I'm crazy because I keep bringing up Castleton, but he is he is a good basketball player. Just can't wait till he just comes out of his shell. 
Maze, Maze at Maze Wings. What are your expectations for the Hoops team this season? Big 10 finish, NCAA tourney run. My expectations for this year, uh, I truly believe that they have the chance to go back to the NCAA tournament. I think they're going to be somewhere between 7 and 10 seed. Um, I think they'll finish around, around, uh, around, uh, around, around sixth. I'll say, I'll say sixth. I've been toying around with, you know, fifth and sixth for a while. I, I will say sixth. I'll say sixth. Um, and I think that they're going to have a lower seed because their non-conference is really, really tough. If you haven't checked it out, you should look at it. Um, in uh, mid-late November to early December, you know, we're going to find out a lot about this team, and they may take a few lumps. And I think that's just going to you know, worsen our record, and we end up being like 21 and 13, 20 and you know, 22 and 12, or 20 and 14 going into the NCAA tournament. So, uh, so don't be surprised if, uh, if that happens. And NCAA tourney run, oh, it all comes down to the brackets and how teams are laid out. I never, ever, ever, never talk about this before seeing the NCAA tournament. Um, the team could be plugged in as a two seed going into that Sunday, and I will not give you an NCAA tournament prediction without seeing the teams that they may have to play in front of them. Matt Burns at Burnsy381. If Juwan starts bringing in one-and-dones and doesn't win the Big Ten and or go to Final Fours, how long until people start saying Michigan needs to go back to the B-line way? You have to un understand that there are different ways. There are different ways to win in basketball. What Beeline did is one of the ways how how Beeline recruits is very similar to how Jay Wright recruits. Not really in like Notre Dame and you no. Know, if you look at Villanova, I mean they've won what two natties in the last few years. Uh, the one thing with the 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 difference the difference between. Um, those J. Wright Villanova teams and B-Line Michigan teams. B-Line's Michigan teams, um, those guys had success and went to the NBA. Villanova's, J. Wright's Villanova's team, those guys came back to school. So that is the one, that's the one big difference. So imagine if Trey Burke and Tim and all those guys come back in 2014 Let's let's be real. They probably win an, a national champ, championship. Um, so that's that's the big difference. So there's more than one way to be successful. Um, if Jawan starts bringing in one and dones, hey, as long as it's done consistently, it's awesome. But when you're bringing in guys like that, you need one or two recruits that are going to be three or four year players just to keep some type of consistency. On the team, you can't comprise a full team of one and dones every single year, because you're gonna have some lapses some years, and you're you're gonna have years where Kentucky gets them and Duke gets them and Carolina gets them. You need to have those guys where um, you're gonna have a guy like Muhammad Ali Abdul Rahman. I'm not I'm 
I'm not saying his ranking per, per se, but but glue guys like that that keep your program afloat. Um, don't need it where you're like a Tesla stock. Um, if you don't know what that is, look up stocks right now and put in Tesla. And look over the last two years and look how that thing goes up and down. Like you don't want to be a team like that. Um, you want to be able to, to keep that consistency. So I think there's more. I think there's more concern about being able to do it consistently. But it looks like he's doing it the right way, which is uh, a really good job by him and the staff as well. Uh, Michigan's armchair QB, armchair QB underscore UM. Do you buy the idea that Michigan's offense just hasn't been trying to be explosive and will just turn it up and kick it into gear upon request? And what are your thoughts on that? If the offense was explosive, you can't contain it. Like, that's just like saying, so when I was at Oak Hill, you know, we had eight Division One players. Like, you couldn't stop us from doing what we wanted to do. That's pretty much it. If Michigan was that type of offense, you would have seen it at this point in time. So I don't buy it that it hasn't been trying to be explosive. Who doesn't try to be explosive? That's just stupid. Um, upon you can't you, you can't just turn on like that. Like that just doesn't happen. But they can have a game plan where, where everyone's on the same page, and now some of these plays that, that are being called are more successful. I would get that. But if you're explosive and you have explosive guys and you have an explosive system, um, you really can't stop it. It's more so about, you know, we just need to be much better on defense and all that fun stuff. But, um, no, that's total BS. Total BS. And we're, what, five games in? Yeah, no. Gosh, Jadis, Dobinson, Renard. Are you getting tired of Harbaugh's post-game comments about the offense? No, I'm not really getting tired of it. He has to have some type of coach speak. Uh, one thing that I like that Beeline did is that a lot of you guys didn't notice it, but he tested, he tests guys all the time. So remember when, remember when Mo was the first guy and then Teske was the backup and Beeline kept saying, you know, Austin Davis is doing this in workouts, and I wish he knew, and like he wishes that he made a different decision back then in terms of Davis. He was speaking directly to Teske to get him out of a funk just to like piss him off or something. He was a huge, he played with, he played mind games all the time. Um, I wish Harbaugh did a little bit more of that, if anything. Next up from Brian Hall at 15B Shell 97. What a realistic first class for Juwan B. Uh, Three-star Jace Howard, four-star Zeb Jackson, four-star Hunter Dickinson, five-star Isaiah Todd, and either five-star Namari Burnett or four-star Moses Moody. Yeah, very much so. Uh, I believe Jace is going to recruit. You have Zeb signing here in about a month or so. And then you have Hunter and Isaiah Todd both leaning Michigan. 
And uh, I think DeMar Burnett's going to go to Alabama, but I do feel strongly with Moses Moody, especially with him being in, in the backcourt with Zeb Jackson. Not sure if Moses is going to do the early signing period or wait till like April for the late signing. Um, but it is very realistic, and, and they would bump Michigan State down to number five, and they would get number four if that were to happen. So uh, it should be pretty interesting. Looks like you have another question here. You have uh, how big of an impact will Phil Martelli have? He's had some really good guards at St. Joe's. Yeah, outside of the you know guard thing, I think having him on the bench is going to be be big because it's going to keep Juwan and Juwan in check. Because uh, I think Juwan may have a couple of suggestions that just won't work at the at the college level. If you talk to a lot of these NBA guys, they always say that it's much easier scoring in the NBA than it is in college. In college, you know, you see different types of spam and junk defenses. There's no such thing as a legal defense or defensive three seconds or anything crazy like that that uh, you see in the NBA. So um, it's 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 going to be a learning curve for uh, Juwan, but it's going to be great to have a guy like uh, Martelli always in his ear and helping him grow. All right, next up, we have Zanman9FFC. Uh, what is your favorite part of this Michigan football team? I'm going to have to say the kickers. <laughs> the kickers have been uh, somewhat consistent. I know they missed a couple against um, against Iowa, and but but so far the kickers have not given me pause. And uh, Cam McGrone, the way that he's he's been playing, he's been he's been a he's been such a great talent to watch, man. Uh, ben uh, underscore Lil Jam underscore three one three. How big of an impact would Isaiah Tarkin and Michigan have on the rest of the twenty twenty recruiting class? It'll be huge, man. It'll be huge, and uh, and hopefully those uh, dominoes fall. Big E Joey English three. What's your thoughts on Howard on Howard uh, recruiting? Do you approve of going all in on five stars and missing out on some untapped potential kids? I mean, is uh, it seems like he is making a big effort of getting as many, you know, bigger, versatile players uh, to sign. Uh, he's not going after the 5'11", 6 feet guys. He's going after some bigger guards. And, um, and you know, he wants more bigger players being able to handle handle the rock and, and all that, which is great, you know, just – and that comes with, you know, growing as a coach and uh, – the more he can coach, the more he understands his own philosophy, the better he'll be on the recruiting trail as well. Um, you know, getting the best players is always a good thing, but you know, you you do need those guys who are gonna come in and play for three or four years. Guys like Muhammad Ali Abdul Rahman, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that you know get someone that is that type of recruit, but I'm just saying those type of guys you need on your team to have some type of consistency and sustainability. You don't want to reset every year with new freshmen. Um, not a lot of growth within the program if that happens, and um, then you start to see a lot of inconsistencies. Um, if you pay attention to uh, how, uh, if you looked up the uh, Tesla, look up the Tesla stock. Look at the last two years, how it's just up and down, up and down, all over the place. Uh, you don't want to be like that. You you want steady growth over time. It may dip every now and then, but you're right back at it. Um, good question. Mitch Kaplan, 
at is Kitch Maplin. How do you think Jordan Poole matches up defensively in the NBA? Very, very well. You know, he's he's going to be a six four, a six five guard, and uh, he's already put on some you know good weight. Um, he was you know with advanced analytics, he was one of the better um, on ball defenders in the league last year. So something to think about. Josh Morocco, at Josh Morocco. One, can you tell the story about crazy MSU Lady Susan? And what are the minions? Okay, so MSU Lady Susan, uh, we were beefing for about a, about a year and a half or so. For no reason. I mean, like, you know, I you know it came up from just, just Twitter and a misconception of what I was saying where I was complimenting MSU. And, um, and she took it like... A different way and that that just sparked a huge thing and um, now we've squashed our beef so all that's that and what are the minions uh, those are little kids well they used to be little kids they're in the fourth and fifth grade and I you know I would train them in basketball and like one summer we went really hard you know like f- like four hours a day Monday through Friday and then we would you know go somewhere and play in a three-on-three Mac or basketball tournament, and then they go and win that. And then (laughs) right back on Monday, you know, four hours in the gym going hard. And and now they're doing well. Now they're on varsity, and they're getting looks from colleges, and they're playing well, and they're, you know, all conference and all state and all this fun stuff. So those are the minions. And um, you'll see during the basketball season, sometimes I'll say, you know, who scores more, the minions or, like, the top three scorers from the basketball team. That's if they play on, like, a Friday, if they play on a Friday because the minions play on a Friday, or if they play on, like, a Tuesday. Um, I'll make that, like, an at-right giveaway where, you know, people have to say, you know, the minions will score more or the Michigan guys would, would uh, score more more. So, so those are the minions. Uh, Deuce, uh, at Dom Poops. <laughs> it's a funny at. What is your take on the quarterback regression we've seen under Harbaugh? The biggest thing is going to be um, just the way that uh, it just seems like guys are playing playing scared, too scared to make a mistake. It's really hard for your most talented guys to, to play super tight like that. So it's, it's, it's either development or coaching where they're demanding – perfection in a way where guys just can't perform um, while being themselves Um, because you want them to be the best version of themselves not the best version of a different quarterback and I think that's what it comes comes down to is just getting these guys to be the best version of themselves and um, I think that so far they've uh, they've they've kind of missed the mark but um, but yeah hey great questions Per usual, I always, um, I always appreciate you guys. I always appreciate you guys, and uh, leave a comment, any notes on what you want to see on the show, and then we'll kind of go f- go from there. Appreciate it. All right, so I got a little bit of bad news. I um, I just talked to this. Illinois writer from the IlliniBoard.com, huge, huge Illinois football fan. Um, his Twitter is A-L-I-O-N-E-Y-E, A-L-I-O-N-E-Y-E, Illini. That's 
Who I was talking to? I I talked to him for a good thirty to thirty five minutes, and um, the file got corrupted. So unfortunately, he's not going to be in here. Which sucks because we had a really good conversation. We talked about a lot of things, but just some quick notes uh, from that conversation. It's questionable that Brandon Peters is going to be um, questionable that Brandon Peters is going to be uh, playing this weekend due to a possible concussion sustained against Minnesota. Um, but we had a great conversation just about you know, the state of each other's programs and you know, just just to give you another another, you know, you know, seeing college football from another side where I mentioned, you know, just talking. We you know, I was talking about LSU and, you know, how guys that can go to LSU and then all of a sudden it sparks their offense and then like he laughed and he was like like that's the that's the that's the difference between us. You're looking at MS, I'm looking at LSU, but he's looking at look at Purdue. You know, they go six and six twice with Brom and Illinois, and they're like, what is going on? And then I bring up Northwestern uh, going to Indy last year, and um, and it was such a great conversation, and I really wish you guys could have heard it, but. Unfortunately, it got corrupted. So that's why um, I don't have a speaker, don't have a guest on this week's episode. But that will change in the future, and I'm going to make sure that never happens again. I'm going to make sure that, and because um, I owe it to you guys because you guys listen to me, and, um, and I sincerely feel bad um, because I was probably one of my better um, guests that uh, – I've had on, and uh, I'm gonna try to get him on on here again soon, um, to make up for it. But thank you guys again for listening in. Per usual, please let me know if there's something that uh, you like for me to change, things that you would like to do different. And uh, I have some changes coming up to the pod here. <laughs> Another change, um, but it's. It's going to just make things a lot better for everyone, including myself. And it's going to make things a lot more seamless and way more professional, too. Uh, I'm going to have better applications to get my pod out. It's going to be way better audio, and it's going to be really, really dope. So please stay tuned, and uh, you know where to find me. Pod is on iTunes, Spotify, literally any podcast application that's out there including you can find me on Twitter uh, and I have a high engagement and I will get back to you as soon as possible if you ever tweet at me. And that is at It's Ant Right. All right, I'll holler at y'all. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. And our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com slash keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done.